The biggest global threat to food safety is probably something you aren't even aware of. It's not a microorganism or a germ, but it can be viral, and if left unchecked, it can have devastating consequences not only to your production lines, but also your employees, your customers, and eventually your bottom line. Hello, this is Erin Hallstrom, host of the Food for Thought podcast. With me today is Joe Weiss. Joe is an international authority on control system cybersecurity, as well as a managing partner at Applied Control Solutions. You will definitely want to listen and re-listen to this episode because we cover a lot of important ground. In the next 30 minutes, Joe walks us through some of the biggest threats to the U.S. food industry's cybersecurity, including ransomware and other kinds of cyber attacks. We also talk about the methodology and intent behind most cyber attacks, while also digging into the smallest entry point that can have the biggest damage. Enjoy the episode. Joe, welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. It's great to have you on today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yes, um, we are talking about something that is very important now more than ever. I mean, it's always been important for the industry, but with what's been going on with cybersecurity, I know you are a cybersecurity expert. You are one of the foremost authorities that I know of when it comes to issues that we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to dive in with my first question and we're going to get started. <laughs> Whether it's a food company or not, can you talk to me about how hackers are getting access to different systems to launch some of these ransomware attacks? Okay, before we, I answer that directly, I want to mention a couple of things. Ransomware is really an IT attack, not a control system attack. Ransomware is basically, you know, getting access to the IT network and essentially encrypting the data and then demanding a payment before they provide you the decryption key. is not an attack on the control system network. I am not aware of, at least as of now, any ransomware that is actually aimed at control systems. Ransomware normally comes from things like phishing, where you know, where people send you emails and have you click on them or click on an attachment, if you will, that sends you to effectively a quote-unquote poisoned website where they can then your network. So when you've been reading about all of these ransomware attacks, you know, whether it was JBS, the Colonial Pipeline, Scripps Health, um, 
ransomware is literally, you know, its own pandemic right now. You know, it's 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 an almost free means of uh, <laughs> gaining money without getting caught. It's frightening. <laughs> It's and definitely then, frightening. Uh, you know, and then what makes it worse is when insurance companies cover your ransom payment because then it makes it somewhat painless for you to pay the ransom and the ransomware, you know, ransomware is now, you know, the way they would have software as a service, they now literally have ransomware as a service. Yeah, it's its its own, you know, um, if you will, quote-unquote, industry. And it is, <clears throat> you know, very, very well-organized and structured. And there are two things about it. One is holding your data, you know, for ransom in an encrypted way so you can't get to it. Or two, releasing, publicly releasing the information where you may have information on there you don't want people to see. But the other thing that's scary is you're trusting criminals. You're trusting, hey, if I pay you, you're really going to decrypt my information. You're going to throw away what you have and not make it public. That's kind of a scary, bad assumption. So I'm curious because you're right. I I know what happened with JBS was a ransomware was – there was a ransomware attack. But can you explain the different kinds of cyber attacks? Maybe take a a step back and explain the different kinds of cyber attacks and maybe for the people listening um, to the podcast or reading the transcript on the food processing website, explain what the different ones are. I'm, I'm familiar with ransomware, you know, heard of mall, you know, the malware, Can you explain those a little bit more, maybe for the less technically inclined? Yeah. So what you have is you have two different types of systems. One is you have your IT information technology systems, you know, for billing, for inventory, for HR. And those are just networks, okay? There's, you know, you have routers and switches and whatever, but you don't have control system devices. You don't have, excuse me, sensors monitoring pressure level, temperature flow. You don't have controllers trying to control pumps and motors and valves, you know, heat exchangers, things like that. Well, most of the cyber attacks that you hear about are cyber attacks of the IT network, either because you want to do a denial of service so that, your computer goes down. In a funny sense, not that it was malicious, but you heard about Southwest Airlines yesterday being totally grounded. You know, that wasn't malicious that, that I know of, but it was a denial of service. The computer mm-hmm. couldn't respond. Planes couldn't take off. You know, I think it actually started on Monday, and they still had problems yesterday. So... <clears throat> You know, one of the first things is denial of service. You just keep sending so many packets 
you, you overload the system, it can't go anywhere. And that can be either intentional or unintentional. Then you have malware, which is very intentional. The part that control or Putman should be much more concerned about is when the control systems get compromised. That's, again, your distributed control system, your SCADA system, supervisory control and data acquisition, your programmable logic controllers or sensors or actuators. Because when you start compromising them, you know, things blow up and people die. Mm -hmm. you know, this is really bad, ugly stuff. And ironically, that's where we have the least security to this day. So when you talk about what's different, you think about two cases. One is Stuxnet, you know, the cyber attack of the Iranian centrifuge facilities. What did they do? They weren't trying to steal anything. They were trying to damage or destroy the centrifuges. And they were doing it by, if you will, changing bits and bytes. Because the bits and bytes were what was controlling the sensors and controllers and pumps and motors. And when you do that, really bad things happen. There's another type of, of attack, which is a, if you will, a physics-based attack. And the Aurora vulnerability is an example of that. <clears throat> and often about this, on um, the Unfettered blog. But what that is, is the Idaho National Lab did a demonstration back in March 2007. And what they did is said that <clears throat> when you have alternating current equipment, in other words, you have a sine wave, if you shut off the relays in a substation, which is like a fuse in a house, and then you bring back that relay, but out of phase with the grid, so the sine waves don't line up, huge torque and a huge current spike. And so simply the restarting of this AC equipment out of phase, so the sine waves don't line up, will actually damage or destroy equipment the same way as if you put a stick of dynamite underneath it. These are the things we really care about because this is what can, <clears throat> if you will, compromise the, if you will, the safety of food production. Mm -hmm. It isn't going to be the IT. The IT is going to, in a sense, affect the billing. The control systems can and have affected the actual integrity of the process and actually caused food to be, if you will, compromised and people have gotten sick and gone to right. the hospital and caused food right. recalls. So it's, it becomes a food safety issue. This is a which, safety issue. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yet, to this day, the Food Safety Act, it's FISMA. It's yeah, FISMA, yeah, was, yeah. Has no requirements to this day for cybersecurity of the control system used in the food manufacturing process to this day. Wow. The wow. only but requirements security, Tylenol, you know, so you've got a plastic, you know, piece to the lid, and you know if somebody's actually compromised it. Yeah, the adulteration. The adulteration. There is nothing yep. there today for cyber causing food adulteration to this day. Wow, wow. So I'm, I'm really curious and especially those people listening um, to the episode who may not be as familiar with the control system component. And like, tell me, how does someone or group, what have you, how is access to a control system gained to, I guess it would be perform a cyber attack? I don't know what the proper verb is, but how does an entity, a person, what have you, gain access to this control system? Because I understand the IT, the billing, the component. I understand that and the ransom malware. But you're talking a control system, and it can be compromised. And I'm trying to think, like, how does that happen? Does, is it, well, you know, someone types some code in? Is it, like, can you explain that a little more in depth? Yeah, and by the way, you're right. Part of it is, number one, we have very, very little cybersecurity for the control system devices. <clears throat> I use that term very little liberally, okay? Most times, none. You can get to the control systems from many different ways, okay? And I won't go through all of them, but, for example, it could be wireless. It could be because the IT system hasn't been segmented or separated from the control system. Um, there's many ways, but I won't go into them. But the concern is once you get there, you know, it's been described, control systems have been described as M&Ms, you know, M&M candy. Hard on the outside, chewy on the inside. Maybe difficult to get to them, but when you get to them, there's no protection. And that's really saying something considering it's 2021. Um, yeah. Hopefully, my hope is that not just the food industry, but industries, numerous manufacturing verticals, components, industries, pick up on this. Because um, you're right, this is huge. Um, I want to go back really quick um, and just really quick, go back and talk about the JBS cyber attack, specifically with the ransomware. I, I remember hearing last week that, and I know we wrote about it in food processing, that JBS paid the ransom. And I'm curious from your standpoint, is this a wise thing for companies to do? I've heard different opinions on this from different sources, and I'm curious from your expertise what your thoughts are. It's, it's easy for me to say something because it's not my data that's been, you know, 
uh, mm-hmm. taken. Ransomware is just like any other form of extortion. Mm-hmm. You pay off, all you're going to do is encourage the, extortion, the extorters, the extortionists. <clears throat> On the other hand, you're going, I need my data back. You know, ransomware has been ripe within the healthcare industry, and they're going, we need the records. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me, should we be doing that? Of course not. But then again, I'm not the one they're trying to extort from. And if you've got things that you absolutely critically need, but you're also making an assumption, it's a horrible assumption, but you're making the assumption. And that is whoever's done that is going to be honest about returning things. I mean, you're talking about criminals to start with, right? It's like the and you're 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 assuming yeah. when I pay you, you really are going to give me a file to be able to you know decrypt, and you really aren't going to, um, you know, uh, put my information on the dark web. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know, I think that's a really, really, really um, dicey set of assumptions. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with criminals to start with. So, really quick. So, we were, you know, we were just talking about ransomware, but also at the same time, you've brought up there's different kinds of cyber attacks. Yes. And with with ransomware, you know, it's money, Bitcoin, what have you. With other kinds of cyber attacks, what is the incentive for a, a person, a group, a hacker, or whatever, <clears throat> so whether it's ransomware or any other kind, what from your, again, because you know this topic way more than most of us listening or talking right now, what's the incentive for a cyber attack? Well, part of it was the old Willie Loman adage of, why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. Hacking originally was really aimed at banks and uh, you know uh, other forms of places where there was money. <clears throat> Part of why the control system world was so late to the table is Whoever thought that somebody would want to hack a meat processor or an electric utility or a water utility? There's no money to be made. So there's a list of types of organizations or people, whatever, that want to hack. I mean, the first thing is you've got criminals that want money. You have, you know, basically what are called hacktivists. Uh, You think of the environmental movement. You have people who, for example, don't like a timber company or an oil gas company and will therefore, you know, try and cyber attack you because they don't like what you're doing. Or politically, they don't like the government or they don't like whatever. 
Um, one of the other things was just, um, you know, th- this would basically be um, individuals who wanted to um, make a statement uh, in the hacking world. Look who I was able to hack. But the really scary and the disgruntled employee could be an employee of the company or he can be an employee of the supplier who's supplying the company, but disgruntled. You know, and then the, the one that's probably most disconcerting, and that's what you've got going on right now in Switzerland with uh, President Biden and Putin, is you have the nation states who are hacking um, for, you know, national nationalistic reasons. So there are many, many, many reasons, but the bottom line is, excuse me, what I consider cyber is, is the poor man's atom bomb. Okay. Well, that leads me to, so I read something last week, the director of the FBI said that cyber attacks and ransomware are like dealing with a global terrorism I'm wondering, do you share that sentiment about cyber attacks, or what are your thoughts on... Yeah, I mean, the the only thing, in a funny sense, I, I disagree with, well, two things. One is cyber attacks, yes, ransomware is just one type. But the other is, you know, when you when you say terrorism, terrorism is just one part of it. The Chinese have installed hardware backdoors in large electric transformers. These are 500-ton machines, critical to the operation of the electric grid. You know, that's not, in a sense, depending on how you define terrorism, but effectively that's so they could take over the grid or take control of the grid. That's as much warfare as it is terrorism. But mm-hmm. I completely agree. You know, I go back to that funny thing I just said. Cyber is the poor man's atom bomb. Yeah, it definitely. It, yeah, I would have to agree with you. And it's frightening to think of, you know, all of the destruction. Um, that being said, why we have this thing that can like bring down whole company, food, the the meat industry, let's use JBS again, it can bring down a huge company, a a section of the food industry, yet it seems like companies or maybe industries don't take this as seriously as maybe they need to. Or maybe we don't hear about companies taking the preventative measures more seriously why? Why, from your opinion, from your standpoint, why do you think that people aren't taking this more seriously or taking more preventative measures? Um, I'm going to give you two parts to the answer. The first part is the IT piece. <clears throat> and it just, for whatever reason, hasn't. You think of the colonial pipeline. 
um, what I heard was they were looking for an I or a cybersecurity manager for months before the attack occurred. I mean, for an awful lot of companies, non-banks, non-financial, because the financial realizes this is critical for their, you know, just their existence. Mm -hmm. But you have a lot of other companies who don't think that cyber could be critical to their existence. So they haven't, and then they get hit, okay? But... Then you have the piece, again, where Putman lives, which is the control system part of the world. And part of what's happened is, and again, this is going to come out maybe a, a, a bit harsh, whatever, but IT has kind of hijacked the world of controls, of cybersecurity. So what the board keeps hearing is all of the IT stuff. And it's rare that the board hears about the control system issues. So even where cyber becomes, you know, an important thing and it's becoming more and more and more, the SEC is starting to get involved. But it's how do you get them to care about the control systems? How do you get them to realize they get to there, they can taint the food you're, making, you're, you're eating, you know, or taint the water you're drinking? You know, or cause trains to crash or planes to crash or pipelines to break. You know, that's still been a hard sell. That shouldn't be. Right. I loved what you said about it seems like the, at the, its nature, this comes down to how do we get companies, people, you name it, industries, to care more about control systems? I, I believe there's one, or I'll call it two, vehicles, because I don't believe government is going to be successful. And I, it's crazy saying it. <clears throat> we need the insurance companies and we need the credit rating agencies to basically say, if you don't do an adequate job of securing your control system, we're either not going to insure you or we're going to have premiums through the roof. And the credit rating agencies and the SEC has to get involved to say, we're going to hit your credit ratings. And when the board starts seeing dollars at risk, they will do it. And until that happens, we're just having this just wonderful, terrific discussion, and nothing is going to happen. And the yeah. part of what has to happen, even there, is for, the, for both the insurance companies and the credit rating agents to re, agencies to realize they are at risk. They could go bankrupt because of this. And until you get that to occur, we're not going to really make that progress. But you get the insurance companies telling you know, this meat packing company or, you know, whatever, we're not going to insure you. Mm -hmm. That'll go to the board, and it will also have a ripple effect on credit ratings. Right, right. Kind of the hit and then you'll see progress. Okay. But right now, all of these companies have been able to dance around it. So 
we talked about food safety being affected by these kinds of attacks, but what are other long-term effects um, on food and beverage companies on these kinds of attacks? It's almost piggybacking off of what you were just talking about with... Well, one of the things I want to get across, too, in IT, it needs to be an attack before anybody does or says anything. In the control system world, it doesn't have to be malicious. Somebody can inadvertently put in the wrong one or the wrong zero or a, you know, a slash going the wrong way. I mean, we had cases where people would have, it was kind of a funny case. <clears throat> they were putting in new protective relays in a substation. And they were, you know, basically going to test out. And so they sent a signal to open or close the breaker. Again, like a switch or a breaker in your house. You open it, the lights go out. You reclose it, the lights come back on. Well, they kept opening and closing and nothing seemed to happen. And then the utility started getting a whole bunch of phone calls. It turns out a substation on the other side of town was having their breakers opened and closed because somebody put in the wrong address. Was that malicious? No. Did the lights go out? Yes. Do we care? A lot. So I want to end this episode on some takeaways. I mean, this, this entire conversation has been so informative. But I want to end with maybe a handful, whatever you're comfortable with. What are some measures... Um, someone listening to this or reading the transcript could say, you know, a CEO, someone, middle management, or a young intern that is listening to this, let's say, what are a few things, takeaways, helpful hints, tips, what have you, that someone can say, this is what we need to start doing. This is how we get started by taking control so to speak, of our cyber health. Several issues. You know, most of them are cultural. One or two would actually be technical. The first is senior management at the board level and the C-level need to treat, number one, cybersecurity as a high risk, and number two, treat control system cybersecurity as an existential risk to the company. Because if the senior execs don't do that, you're dead on arrival, and it doesn't matter, the rest of the conversation is meaningless. So it has to start at the top. Engineers and the network people have to work together. And when it comes to the control system, The engineers need to lead, and the network people need to be their support, not the other way around. The dog needs to – the tail cannot wag the dog. You're making food. You're not running a network. The network is there to help you make food. So that has to happen. 
We need to know what is in the networks. You have to know what you have installed. I mean, you can't be secure, safe, or anything else if you don't know what you have. So you have to have this basic inventory and situational awareness. And then the last thing is there needs to be training of the executives, of the network people, and of the engineering or production people on what this really is and how they need to be working together. And there is very little of that despite what people claim. Because what's happened is, I go back to the fact that, quote-unquote, IT has hijacked the world of cybersecurity. And the focus is purely on the IT part of the networks, not how does your facility really work and what do you need to make it work reliably, safely, and securely. And if you can't do all three of those, and add one other term, efficiently, you're not going to survive. Well, my hope is that a lot of people are going to listen to this episode and that some small amount of change, at least, can be started. I hope. That is my hope. Um. One, one last <laughs> point before we're finished. Yeah. You, you talked about ransomware, and you act, asked about others. Okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's already been almost 12 million control system cyber incidents to date. There's been over 1,500 deaths to date. There's been well over $90 billion in direct damage from control system cyber incidents. And people aren't really aware of almost any of these. Wow. It is very real. But there's very little monitoring. There's very little training. And there's very little control system cyber forensics to really help people understand what's going on. But I want to get across... This isn't a hypothetical, and it might eventually bite you. It's very real, and Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, cyber extortionists, you can keep on going, are all aware of this. It is frightening to think about. Um, and I know you, you have definitely opened my eyes to this. Um, I'm not in the IT space, but definitely going to pay that much more attention when I read about it, hear about it in the news. But also, I mean, I've learned so much just in the 30 minutes we've talked, and I'm hoping, really, really hoping that people listening pick up on that too and the importance and what you're talking about. Because, yeah, this isn't just, you know, someone paying some Bitcoin um, to make the problem go away, this is the fate of our food, our safe food, and the processes which we rely on can, you know, 
can it, we can be our own worst enemy if we don't do something about this sooner than later. So, um, Joe, I want to thank you so much for being on the Food for Thought podcast today. It has been an absolute treat to talk to you, and we definitely. Um, We'll be linking to your blog posts and a lot of your writings um, on the podcast show notes and then on the transcript on the food processing website. For anybody else who wants to read more about what they can do um, to help, to help prevent, uh, to help thwart, to learn more about everything that Joe has talked about today. So thank you, Joe, for being on the podcast. Thank you for the uh, invitation. everyone listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.